We are the Comics Pals, and we are here to celebrate the absolutely fantastically fantastic disaster of a launch of Ultimate Black Panther number one. Kale, Kale doesn't know maybe what I'm talking about. We're show, gonna talk show the about book, that. Show the book so you can, sort of. you can tell the yeah. You can show the listeners well, what cover. So got. so uh so three out of four pals are here. We've got Kale. What's up, hot dog? Tyler's here. Wakanda forever. And I'm Sean. And uh we've got five. Count them? Five of this week's biggest books. We're reviewing Ultimate Black Panther number one, the aforementioned book that I do not have. I don't have one. I don't you didn't have get it. No, of course not. Wow. No. I went I went to Midtown to get my copy. I was there, you know. Noonish before noon, and ah. they were sold out. They were sold out. Sean, I know a guy who's got about twelve thousand copies that he's trying to offload some of them. Uh, if you need some, That's yeah. Why Marco apparently, couldn't show his face. Apparently, <laughs> they fell off the back of a truck. Uh, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Penguin lost twelve thousand copies. Apparently. Ooh, and it was Penguin too. That's yeah. that's uh, worse somehow. Oh yeah. If it was Diamond, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that sucks, but uh, it's Diamond. In 12, 12K is a lot for a comic book, right? Of course. It's huge. That's a run. Yeah, like if a, if, a, if a book makes 12K, that, you know, it keeps going. Not not at Marvel, but Ultimate Black Panther's going to do, you know, somewhere in the region of probably like 60K, theoretically. And the fact that 12,000 of those are gone is really bad yeah that's that's really bad uh but i was able to get the rest of our books we've got batman 142 this is the joker year one uh first part of that arc uh birds of prey number six the listener pick this week i'll explain how that's possible when we get to it um thundercats number one the big debut of that you got the J. jay lee cover yeah Ew. yep and uh, the one hand, the one hand. This is the Rom V joint that uh, has been hotly anticipated. So we're going to be getting on into all of those books uh, here in just a moment. Let's kick things off with Ultimate Black Panther number one. What's up, chat? Hello, how are you guys doing? As you file in, good to see everybody. Uh, Ultimate Black Panther number one. This is by Brian Edward Hill writer of this piece with art by Stefano Caselli, colors by David Curiel, letters by Corey Pettit. So I don't remember if there was an ultimate Black Panther before. I don't I don't recall seeing that character in the Ultimate Universe. So for that reason, it's pretty cool that they launched, you know, one of their launch titles for the Ultimate line is a Black Panther book. I think they got the perfect person to tackle this and Brian Edward Hill from a writing standpoint, I will say um, the first, the first issue does introduce some interesting differences. You know, you're, when you read an ultimate book, you're always looking for how is this character different from their mainline counterpart? It does introduce some of those kind of interesting differences. Um, This is a T'Challa who is King, but his father is still alive, which is an interesting switch to the normal way things are. Um, and you know, he's married to a Koye, which is different. 
you know, Shuri is still Shuri, but she's making armor for the Wakandan military. And there's some, some, uh, some animosity there, some question marks between, uh, Black Panther and her and the military as far as what the direction is to go. A lot of familiar feeling things in this book. It feels familiar. For me, it felt more familiar of an MCU Black Panther, if anything. Yeah, I was going to say this felt very... I, I didn't see the second one, but it felt a lot like the first one. I, I think the big difference here is that in this Ultimate Universe, is Wakanda is still unknown. Which, in the mainline Marvel Universe comics, Wakanda's been around since before I was born. You know, like, it is an established country and world that, that participates in everything. Um, this feels more like the, the, the newly discovered Wakanda of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if anything. Um, and I think that's an interesting wrinkle. Um, that changes things. Um, and I think Brian Hill is a good person to tackle those thoughts, especially with Killmonger showing up in this as well. I think that that that, that topic of, you know, does Wakanda act in the world or, or not is going to be a good kind of theme throughout this. When, and Hill does a really good job in general, but also here of tackling those big questions and the big political questions you know of uh who can act what does it mean to act and what are the ramifications of that you know uh, i re i really felt i felt the geopolitical conflict you know i so this is this was my pick of the week um i think and I, I really, really, really enjoyed because the reason why is because it was my pick of the week all yesterday. And then today I read Birds of Prey and I was like, oh, that was pretty good, too, though. So I'm 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 not sure. But I loved I loved this. I thought this was great. It, it feels familiar. And I really hope that Brian can get into something that doesn't feel like the MCU plus a nation under our feet by Ta-Nehisi Coates. It just has the vibe of both yeah. of those books fused together or the movie and that book fused together. Um, and I want to see it get a little different, but boy, Brian Edward Hill to me is probably a top five writer working in comics under underappreciated. Doesn't, you know, he, 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 he's diverse. So he works a lot in film and television. So we don't get to see him much, but I feel like anything he does is great. Blade is fantastic right now. Um, you know, American Carnage was a great book. This is great. This is the makings of something really special. And one of the biggest keys for me with Brian Edward Hill, something he has that a lot of writers don't, is he can fit everything he needs to say in as few words as possible. He's really good at that. He can disseminate information. He can get an emotional point across in very few words. And I think that that is very effective. People in real life don't tend to go on long, drawn-out soliloquies. You say what the fuck you got to say. And Brian Edward Hill makes it interesting. He makes it sexy. He's just good at it. Crisp. The the third page, uh, three pages in, he makes an impactful, powerful point. Um, the, the, the Moon Knight Brigade or whatever these guys are uh, raids and ransacks a village while – uh, Wakandan, I don't know, spies, I guess, are 
watching and one of the one of the spies says truth tell this village the value of truth mm-hmm. and i said okay all right and I, I agree i think he's really good at that but i also think he's really good at succinctly telling a story within the confines of a single issue like there's a lot established in this one issue uh it, i mean it had a lot of work to do the ultimate universe did not really um at least uh, Ultimate uh, Invasion, was it? And the Ultimates didn't really establish yeah. what Wakanda is. So this has to do that in this new world and also bring in some of the, I think, Ra and Khonshu, or, or yeah, Ra and Khonshu were shown in Ultimate Invasion. So they're in this as well. Um, there was a lot of heavy lifting to do, and I think he did a really good job for uh, for one issue. We got all the major players. We got the conflict. We're in. Yeah, yeah. Um, he. Tyler mentioned we get uh, Killmonger, and mm-hmm. it's very brief. It's a new, you know, a new costume, a new look for Killmonger. Um, I've seen mixed thoughts and feelings. I really like it. Um, you know, it's kind of bulkier, a bulkier costume than what we're used to, and it's got, you know, he's got a hatchet that he's messing with, and he's got the cool hair and everything else. I, I thought it was perfectly, perfectly fine. Um, interestingly though, he's got a partner that he works with named the wind rider and it seems like this is probably storm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So Killmonger and storm are together in this, in this universe. I know another, Hey, all black people got to get together. <laughs> um, okay, sure. Did, did Brian Hill write the Killmonger mini? Yeah. 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 So yeah, that was a really good thing too. That was what Juan Ferreira on art, I think. Um, so it's exciting to see him tackle this character again in a different kind of way. Um, because Killmonger, like, after that first Black Panther movie, remember the discussion that was around, like, oh, Killmonger was kind of right, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see that, the, the the warring of ideas here as well. Because I, I can, especially if he's partnered with Storm, it almost seems like Killmonger is going to be set up as, like, an anti-hero rather than a full-on villain. Yeah. It, well, I think, and I think the villain is clearly Moon Knight. The fusion of Ra and Khonshu is Moon Knight, and that's the antagonist of this. And I think Killmonger is more meant to represent an alternative point of view and push Black Panther and Wakanda forward in the same way that he does in the first movie, but without him being, you know, the ultimate antagonist and having to die and everything else, which I think was more like a a symptom of the MCU rather than a logical thing to do. Like, I don't think they should have killed Killmonger, but Brian Edward Hill doesn't have to do that. So, um, yeah. Well, I think, I, I also think this had, uh, depending on where it goes, you know, if they make Killmonger more of an anti-hero, more of uh, a rival to Black Panther, mm-hmm. um, I think it, it could set up uh, a deadlier Wakanda, you know, more of a more of a, a presence and a threat. Some teeth, yeah, 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 definitely. Which they clearly need, right? Like, I think if you look at the first uh-huh. few pages and we see what these people are capable of, and we know that you know Wakanda is potentially at risk, they're going to need to get heavy. Um, uh-huh. and you know, T'Challa's not 
willing to do that. So I think I think he set up a good status quo. I'm very interested in where this goes. The other thing I really want to praise, though, is the art and the colors. Boy, oh, boy. Talk For about me, it, Tyler. Caselli does not miss. Like, I'm mm-hmm. a big Stefano Caselli, Mark. I have been since I saw him draw Gauntlet in Avengers The Initiative. That was him? Wow, all the way back then, huh? Yeah, and then he went to Secret Warriors, which I know you and I are big fans of. Um, so Caselli is one of those artists that I just follow him around. He does this really good, um, really works with, uh, expressions. Um, people always have like a stank eye when they react to things with him. And, and I really enjoy that because it, it, it gives a, a emotion to the page. Yeah. He's never too flashy when it comes to page layout. It's never anything that's trying to break the mold of what comics can be, but it is just solid, good storytelling. I completely agree on that. And then the other thing too is like the designs, you know, the the like T'Challa looks fantastic. You know, Black Panther, yes, in costume looks great, but even just T'Challa out of costume in his home wear, everybody looks great. Brian Edward Hill, you know, he loves that. He loves his characters to be sexy. And, you know, he's inspired by like 80s films where everybody was hot. So he always gets that in his comics. And Caselli did a great job of bringing that to life. I like the um, I like the um, the the, matron Amala, the Vodacan. Her look I thought was really cool and felt like it evoked stuff. You know, it's a really cool design of like an oracle, you know, with no eyes and sort of the the only thing that's open is like, you know, her her mouth and just like, you know, uh, her her voice is the only thing that can come out. I was getting Dune vibes from that, like just the way yeah. all, all the these kingdoms are there and there's this religious sect that kind of controls things in the background. It was kind of feeling like Dune. Um I really like the ultimate Black Panther costume and the fact that the mouth is open um, so he can ex- he can be expressive in costume with still wearing the helmet and everything. I thought that's a, a pretty good look to it as well. I didn't like that. Mm. Um, I'm not crazy about it. Yeah, I think I think it looks a little weird. It does and give I, like, a bit of a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers look to it. Like if that part mm. were open. Yeah, I, I really like one, once he was standing there in the costume, I was like, ah, I don't really want to see his mouth. But, you know, it is what it is. I guess part of it is that I'm used to a Black Panther costume looking one way. But that was the only part of the design that I didn't like. And it's hard to iterate on an all black yeah. hat suit, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Catherine, good luck getting it. Um, unfortunately, this is a hard book to come across right now. Maybe, maybe your local comic store won't have, you know, been run up on. Um, but when you, when you know, when you factor in scalpers, when you factor in, you know, Penguin losing 12,000 copies of this book as they were shipping it to stores, um, and the book being under ordered, all of those things together equal a book that on eBay right now is, I mean, is go, I mean, there are dozens and dozens of listings on eBay. It's crazy. The the second printing was already uh uh solicited like before this was even like for like order cutoff, I think. So you could probably get that when it comes out, hopefully. Yeah. 
yeah, you'll you yeah, you'll have to wait for the second printing. But you know, like I said, just because I wasn't able to get one doesn't mean that you won't, especially if you check here. It'd really have to be here in the next couple of days. But um, you know, that's a PSA to anybody. If you want your copy of Ultimate Black Panther, you you'll be lucky if you get it in the first printing. Um, but regardless of all that, pick of the week so far. It's a great book. Pick it up, I think. Either way. Read this comic. I think this is my favorite of the Ultimates so far. It's the most straightforward of the Ultimates yeah. so far, I think. Yeah, I think that's why I like it. It's not my pick of the week, but it's still very damn good, and it's a pull for me. Same. Pull. So, this Saturday... On the main show, we have a very special guest. The first guest of the year is none other than Philip Kennedy Johnson. And we want you to come and hang out with us while we talk to writer of the year, if I remember correctly. That's uh, right. Yeah. One our, one our pally for writer of the year about, you know, we're going to talk about Action Comics. We're going to talk about Green Lantern War Journal, you know, um, Incredible Hulk, all that good stuff. And we want you to hang out with us, and we want to give away the first volume of one of those books. You take your pick, doesn't matter which one, whatever you want, you let us know and we'll get that to you. Hang out with us live, ask a question of Philip Kennedy Johnson, we'll put your name in a randomizer, we'll draw it up, whoever wins, you reach out to me on Discord and we will send you a copy of one of those books. Um, so just, you know, real simple stuff. We love to hook you guys up, you hang out with us, give you some kickback. It's going to be a lot of fun. So that's Saturday, this Saturday at 10.15 a.m. Uh, also, also want to go to the poll, the listener pick poll. Uh, so this week, so so we had a little bit of a snafu. Really, I did. Last week, I put up the poll that should have been this week's. That's my fault. Um, and uh, that's how Birds of Prey won. Um it won by a landslide for what it's worth. There was only two days of, of poll, really, and uh, it uh, it dominated. But for, for the other poll, which could use some more votes, you have to go back a little bit. But uh, Action Comics is still sitting pretty at 56%. So that's really what you guys want. Uh, the Displaced, number one. The Infernals, number one. And Sinister Sons, number one. So if you want indie books, which a lot of you guys say you want indie, go ahead and vote. Get your vote in. And uh, maybe we'll do an indie book. But I don't know what's going to beat Action Comics this week. Man, we got someone someone in the comments on, on that poll says, I voted for Action Comics, but my heart wants to know what The Displaced is about. Well, follow your heart, man. You know what Action Comics is about. It's about Superman. Yeah, I think uh, I think Joel is just, he just knows that it's not, it's a losing, it's like, you know, it's 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 voting for Bernie Sanders. It's not, you know, it's not going to, you know, doesn't Green result party. You're yeah. still getting Biden. Exactly. You're enjoy, getting action those, comics. Ralph Nader is the indie comics of politics. <laughs> <laughs> Watch this show live every single Thursday at six p.m. Eastern, and uh, I also want to make a quick. A quick announcement about the Patreon. We are still doing, we are still soliciting nominations for the Patreon book club this month. 
uh, that will be based on Superman. So for free, you can head on over to our Patreon page and cast your vote. Just nominate a book, your favorite Superman book. Whichever wins will hit the poll over on Patreon, and that will determine which Superman book we will do this month for the book club. All right, let's get into Batman number 142. Oh, click the like button. Smash the like button. Subscribe Smash. if you are not. Yes. Uh, Batman 142. This is Joker year one, part one. Chip Zdarsky on the words, Giuseppe Comancoli and Andrea Sorrentino on pencils, Stefano Nessi and Sorrentino on the inks, Alejandro Sanchez and Dave Stewart on colors, and Clayton Cowles lettering the whole affair. Normally, Batman has a main story and a backup story. And for this particular arc, we're cutting that out. The whole thing's going to be, you know, just the one main story. Um, but with artists splitting duties, I guess. So, okay, that makes sense to me. And this is a an odd retelling, fill in the margins, origin mm. of the Joker that I really, really wish I had had the opportunity to read again because I felt confused a lot of the time by the narrative. Um, it seems it's placed around year one or i'm sorry not year one year zero um during the snyder run zero year um during the snyder run and it has some callbacks to that and stuff like that i really like i don't know why we need to see this i felt uh off balance reading this like what i was reading Felt like a good comic. What I was reading was enjoyable to read, but I was I was lost. Like, when's the last time I read Batman Year Zero when it came out? I never came. I never went back to that. I wasn't the biggest fan of that stuff. So setting that directly after this, and then also having this like near future story by uh, with the Sorrentino art going on as well in the main Batman book that has a narrative going on already. Um, I fell off balance reading this. Like, it, it was it good? Yes, but I'm not sure why it exists. I just want to stop. Sorry, uh, we got a question from Always Laughing, um, and I wanted to make sure we answered this. Uh, my comic shop sold out by the time I got off of work. Is there any specific websites anyone could recommend for pre-ordering comics? So that's a reference to the conversation that we had about Ultimate Black Panther. Um. I mean, pre-ordering comics, you can you can get your shipments from Midtown if you want. Midtown will send you, you know, a weekly shipment of comics. It depends on, you know, I don't know where you live, but Midtown does that. Uh, DCBS does that as well. Um, what's what's the what does that abbreviation stand for? Direct Comic Book Service, I think, something like that. that. Sounds about right. Yeah, I've only used Midtown yeah. for buying floppies by mail. Yeah. yeah. So okay. um, one of those would probably be a good bet for you. But yeah, other other than that, like your your best best bet is pre-ordering through your comic shop. Yeah, yeah, that helps boost the numbers in total. Uh, for for the the book itself, and then it lets your shop know how many to order. Absolutely. It, Go ahead. Sorry. If you if you want one. 
there are definitely more people that will. Exactly. Well said. Hope that answers your question. Uh, all right, let's talk more Batman. Kel, what'd you make of this one? I I think I'm I think I'm with the overall sentiment that there is something good here. I just I'm gonna have to parse it out. Uh because it, it feels like it feels like a last Joker story weaved in with the first or second Joker story. The first being the Red Hood, you know, the Red Hood bit. Um, I was really confused about the the first Joker fight scene where he fights the other two versions of himself. Hmm. So are there two now? The the way I was reading this was that this takes place almost directly after the Ace Chemical incident. Yeah. And he's just slowly losing his mind. And I thought that was him internally fighting with himself. That wasn't an actual fight. That's how I was oh. reading that. Because huh. then he returns there at the end. Because he's going oh, nuts. He he's going nuts. Uh, I believe so, right? Doesn't he return to that same hill? Fucking got me, man. Oh, it, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I just read that... Uh, and I guess that's my, my issue with it. It's like, all right, we're slowly living with this Joker who is who, who this the Ace Chemical incident is is messing him up, and he's going insane. And maybe that's the point of it that I feel off balance because he does too. Maybe I'm giving too much credit mm-hmm. for the story, but again, like I, I mean, the Joker's a character I don't need this for. You know, the Red Hood thing's enough. I mean, you know, just give me something coherent. And and again, like maybe I missed out. Maybe I got to read this again. Um, but I just really struggled to understand what I was supposed to get out of this. And, you know, I feel like we've got something really juicy going on. Yeah. The, the 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 Batman of Zoranar stuff, fail state, all that, all that is awesome. And so this feels like a deviation from what we've been loving. And then on top of that, you know, no disrespect whatsoever to the artists that we got in this issue. Certainly, I love them both, but they're fill-in artists. For this book, they're fill-in artists because we have an artist. So, and this is a deviation from the main story we've been seeing. So it almost feels like this is a backup. Like this is the be- like this is taking a backup and extending it out and getting away from the main narrative. And that's frustrating. This felt more like uh, that Joker comic Bean really liked, you know? Um, <laughs> especially with, like, the early Commissioner Gordon stuff as well and the Kamen Kali art. Like, it felt more like like not, not Batman 142. It felt like a Joker miniseries, number one. And I also found the, like, I like Giuseppe Kamen Kali a lot. I really like Andrea Sorrentino. They are wildly different artists. Yeah. Yeah. And having them have like flip flopping between them was like, whoa, okay, hold on. <laughs> Let me regain myself again. There was that one page where you flip you flip the page and then it's just uh that that close up of like a, a gangly joker like on a mm-hmm. 
St. Andrew's Cross or whatever. Um, or it, it threw me off. Um, like, it's cool. good. It's Sorrentino. Cool. It's real good stuff. Yeah. Cool imagery, but yeah. like, why is it here? <laughs> and it's well done too. It's just like, whoa, my, I don't know where I am with this book. Yeah. So Amin, Amin Perez said, um, also, are we all, are we just accepting Red Mask created the three Jokers? If that's the retcon, that's insane. Maybe it is. I guess that's what's going on. I, I, I got it. I got to be honest. Like, I really was lost throughout this book. I don't I don't know what Chip Zdarsky was trying to nail down here. Who's the Red Mask? Red Mask is that dude that uh, Batman had to fight when he went to that alternate Earth. Okay. The yeah, 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 yeah. He's the other Joker. Yeah. Like the yeah. alternate Joker or whatever. Who's the a world hero without and, a Joker. Yeah, he winds yeah, up yeah, yeah. creating them, yeah. Yeah. And and like, you know, Chip's tie I get that Chip is trying to you know, he's trying to create mythology here, right? Like mm-hmm. all writers are trying to do, but it's like you're tying it into yourself and you're acting as if there isn't like years and years of history that's now invalidated and I don't know. Like, that's not that compelling to me. There's a lot of that going on. Um, I don't care about Red Mask. I do care about the Joker. So do I now have to care about Red Mask because he's the progenitor of the Joker? Like, he created this? I, I don't know. That you're t- He's tying it too too much into himself, I feel. Along with that, and one of the things that's kind of annoying me with Chip's run, which I'm on the whole enjoying, but there's so many uh, characters from Batman the Night that he's bringing in the book that I didn't read. It's like, well, I also taught Batman everything he knows, you know? Um, and then we get the, the, the image of the guy at the end here. Who's like, yeah, I taught Batman everything. I'm like another guy that taught Batman everything. We had yeah. one in the previous arc with the woman that Joker kidnaps, you know, it's just like, all right, these are all your characters and I get it. Um, but I don't have any, there's no emotional stake for there, there for me. And it's like the reveal does nothing for me. Who even is that guy? How does he find the Joker? Why is he trying to help him? Like, these are all, like, I have 50,000 questions. And normally I'm excited by the fact that I have questions about what's going on in a story. But in this particular case, maybe because of the delivery, maybe because I was so enraptured by what was happening before. But now I just feel like it it, it, it it's press the red red light, pause, pump the brakes. That's what I feel like. And I'm sitting at the red light trying to go fast. And now I have to sit here and ponder this fucking stuff that I don't want to think about. I just want to go fast. And mm-hmm. Chip won't let me do that. So I was frustrated by this. I also thought this was supposed to be contextualized with that story because he's in he's in prison at that point in that story, right? The end of the last issue. Yeah. And Batman goes to talk to him. Yeah. This feels like it, it's not a continuation of that discussion. It just They just throw us in here. Yeah. Um, so it feels it, disjointed from what it's supposed to be connected to. That's why it feels like a backup. Yeah. I I don't know. It's weird for me to be saying these things because of how, like, it's like a complete 180. Like, I've been loving everything, and then it's like, oh, I don't like this. And it's not, it's not that it's like a bad comic or anything. The dialogue is, the actual dialogue is still crisp. You know, I couldn't follow the narration very much, but... um. There's stuff here. Jim Gordon, you know. 
Yeah, I think that's the thing. I I think there is stuff here, but I think where I land is I want to let Chip cook on this because it feels like there's something here, you know. And I think I think we'll have to read it again. And I'm I would like to read it as a whole to really get what what he's what he's going with. That said. Chip's stuff has been pretty um, Swiss cheesy for me. You know, Failsafe was cool, but the alternate Gotham, that didn't do anything for me. The arc after, no, the arc after that was um, Gotham War. Gotham War, yeah. Well, Chip's stuff in that was okay, but Gotham War itself wasn't. But the stuff after that was really compelling. And now we're kind of getting back into the, uh, I don't know, territory. Hmm. You know, so. For me, it's only three issues, right? Um, to, to mirror Batman Year One. Um, I will read them because I've been liking Chip stuff. So I, I'm, I'm with this. But yeah, uh, I think it needs to marinate a little longer. Are they coming out weekly? Yeah. So the, ne- the next one will be out uh, on the uh, 15th or... 14th i guess we'll be reviewing it on the 15th um and then the 22nd is the last yeah the last one so they're weekly that's not so bad yeah yeah not too bad um i mean pull because i'm still invested in the overall story and i'm certainly not going to give up on chips adarsky not not because of this um but as an issue unto itself, I didn't have a great time with it. It's a polar pass. Pull. It's a tough polar pass for me. I'm going to say mm, by itself, it might be a pass for me, honestly. I think that's where I'm at, too. On on its own premise, uh with the Joker on the cover and the story about the Joker, I'm out. I'm already out. Hmm. So this was already having to do some heavy lifting, and it didn't do it. Uh, that being said, the second issue of this could sway me. Yeah, I'm on the cusp. Amin said, "Editor's notes for a book from ten plus years ago is crazy to me." Uh, you know, that's an interesting point. Like, I, I don't agree with that. Because I feel like, you know, if you're reading comics, you're kind of you're kind of like in it. Um I I mean I'm a go ahead, Gil. That's also the point of editor's notes. Like Right. You know, I don't bat an eye at that stuff, but I've read that stuff. So, you know, I don't mind that. And there are a lot of comics that take place in the margins of things that we've read. Um I think that telling and I, I just feel like the timing is a little and if this was the backup, if this was a backup to the main book, okay, fine. You know, you do backups anyway. This does feel ancillary, but I'm sure it'll tie itself together. And it's not getting in the way of what we already like. For me, the biggest problem is that it's getting in the way. And I don't know what the mm-hmm. fuck Chip is trying to do. Yeah. But three weeks is not that long of a time. So I'm I'm fine. It's all good. Uh, I want to say thank you to Always Laughing, who... Uh, decided to join us on Patreon. Yo. And so, yeah. 
Thank you so much. I love I love when people join the Patreon while we are live so we can celebrate that and praise them here on the show. Uh, always laugh and decided to join us at the uh, I Shall Become a Pal tier. So, uh, friend, I owe you a nickname and a shout out starting this week on the show. So when we are interviewing Philip Kennedy Johnson, you will be immortalized by getting uh, announced there. Now, we're going to have to come up with we don't have you don't have a we don't have like a name to go off of so we're going to have to figure out how to like make this work but we'll make it work. Appro- appropriate book uh discussion for yeah. always laughing to join the Patreon too. Right? As we talk about this Joker book. That's fun. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Uh all right. Let us move forward and let's dive into Birds of Prey number 6 which is the listener pick. You guys can vote in the poll for next week to determine what we'll be reading uh, when that time comes. But uh, this was written by Kelly Thompson with art by Leonardo Romero, colors by Jordi Belair, letters by Clayton Cowles. Uh, Leonardo Romero and Jordi Belair were not involved in issue number five. And that was, you know, that was fine. I liked the art there, but it was nice to see the team get back together to close out this very first arc. Um. So, you know, Sin is now sort of become, uh, you know, uh, invaded, if you will, by this this malevolent force, Megara. Um, and but they've now sort of come to terms with the fact that they they kind of have to they kind of have to work together because now they need each other. It's like the Venom Eddie Brock type of thing. Yeah, mm. it's like a symbiotic exorcism. Yeah. Which I really liked, um, and that's that. Pretty much this this whole issue is the resolution of the arc. It's I guess Sin is now going to be a part of the t- the new team. I would imagine because she's got some powers to her. Um, but either way, the mission that the Birds of Prey got together to solve, uh, to accomplish, is accomplished. So where do we go from here? And I think that. This, aside from the fact that everything that happens in this issue is great in terms of resolution, this issue also sets up what I think is a very compelling, maybe even more compelling second arc that I can't wait to see. This was a banger. I love this book. Um, and I love when Romero and Blair are on it. Um, I felt like the the previous artist, again, I think was good, was wildly different than Romero. So it kind of took me out of it a bit. Um, so it was nice seeing Romero come back to finish this off. I like the fact that we're getting kind of a, it appears, a revolving door type of team. So we'll get more people for the next book. And I think I think Kelly Toppin's talked about that in interviews too. Yeah, yeah, yeah she um, has. And one of the big questions that we've always gotten is like, why isn't Backer on the team? Well, this one kind of gives you that answer. So... Um, yeah, I thought this was a fun conclusion to this arc, um, and I'm just I'm just happy that there's going to be more more birds of prey. Even uh, Gail Simone tweeted uh, uh, today, like, "Oh, the world's a better place." That Kelly Thompson and and, and Leonardo Romero are working on birds of prey. Birds of prey. So mm. that is a that's a good rub right there to to get the you know creator yeah. of of that team, uh, Gail Simone, or at least the modern day version of what birds of prey is. Yeah. Um, to kind of give that. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with this. Oh, this is good. I think it's some really good. Uh, thanks for the thumbs up, Cal. Um, <laughs> it popped up again. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't even looking. Uh, I think it's some real good Black Canary in this too. I think uh, Black Canary is one of my favorite DC characters. So see more of her in this is, is really fun. I really love that it gives an uh, a functional engine. This this ending gives a functional engine for the rotating team. That makes a lot of sense, and uh, we'll take. I think we'll take this book cool new places. And you know, I I want to like really just lavish praise because, you know, Kelly Thompson received an ass load of hate when this was announced. Why is Harley Quinn here? Why is Batgirl not here? Why are they all white? You know, why, 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 why? More like wine, 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 wine. Kelly Thompson clearly had a plan from the get-go. And let me tell you something. If you're not clued in, this is a business, right? And so you have to sell comics. And whether anyone likes it or doesn't, Harley Quinn sells comics. But Kelly Thompson wasn't comfortable just resting on the idea that putting Harley on the book will sell. She actually produced my favorite version of Harley that I've ever seen. I don't really care that much for the character, to be honest with you. Yeah. This was my favorite Harley because she had heart. This was like, okay, now I understand, you know, why someone might enjoy this character. Here's the other side, but that's Kelly Thompson doing. And on top of that, for all the naysayers, we're getting back. Mm. What's the big deal? I thought the the characterization of Zell in this is really interesting. That's a character I don't have much familiarity with. It's a Wildstorm character. Um, and I've read some of the more recent Wildstorm stuff, but I, I thought what Kelly did with Zell was really interesting in this. You know, like she can just dispatch hordes of Amazons. Um but she and she has like the sword that can kill people, but not really. Like, oh, there's some really cool stuff with, with Zealot in this as well. Yeah, all the character work is great. Kelly Thompson did a phenomenal job making me care about everybody. Coming into this book, I cared about Big Barda, quite frankly. Wonder why. Well, she has some things about her that I really do enjoy, but you know, she was awesome in Mr. Miracle. Um, so, but now I care about the whole team and, you know, the Leonardo Romero art doesn't hurt. It don't hurt. It's great stuff. Is Romero still on it going forward? Do we know? As far as I know. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so far at least. And there are some big, splashy, beautiful pages like let me let me let me find this is a good one this good double pager right here this double page splash um let me let me describe it oh yeah 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 it's 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 uh it's sin and magara kind of like discussing what all they kind of have to do this agreement that they have to come to as the birds of prey and wonder woman try to put magara in a jar um and i was frustrated actually i'll admit by magara's characterization in prior issues because I'm like, how can I take this enemy seriously? She speaks like a teenager. But now I understand that she's going to be around for a while. She's a part of the team. So she has to have a personality that, you know, we can kind of get behind in a way. Um, so I one, get it. One that we'll watch grow. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
I want to just, just I want to just lay praise on Jordy Blair in this, using the uh, strange color palette for this whole book. Mm. Yeah. Um, are, are there primary colors in this? Like, it's all like purples and greens and oranges. It's all these secondary colors which you don't really see in like classic comic books. You know, it's usually yeah. reds, blues, uh, yellows, um, and the way that it kind of has a retro feel to it too, with it's kind of a bleeding outside the lines or melding into each other and then like creating a new color because those two colors touched. Um, that just feels like the way comics used to be printed and it was an ac- accident almost. Um, mm-hmm. It's very purposeful here. Um, and I love it. I think it adds to like that classic look that Romero's art has in this. Hmm. Can't disagree at all. Uh, Atomic Hound says this book must be doing well. The ratio variant covers for this issue are insanely pricey. Now, I made a critical error, and I did not get the sweater weather variant. I went to my local comic shop with the express purpose of getting that damn thing. I went there to get two things, Ultimate Black Panther and the sweater weather variant for Birds of Prey. And I didn't come away with either one of those, so I feel shitty this week. What's wild to me is that sweater weather variant, which I don't have on the screen, so sorry, podcast uh, viewers, um, is not Adam Hughes. It is the most Adam Hughes-looking wow. cover. No, it's Pablo Villalobos. But it is the most Adam Hughes-looking cover I've ever seen wow. that is not yeah. Adam yeah. No way. Wow, it's only uh, it's only four pound over here. That's nothing. Jeez, that's a yeah. big book. That that cover is not a uh, not a ratio cover. It's a standard cover. Oh, okay. Uh, Vengeance says Rom V, Spurrier, PKJ, and Kelly Thompson doing peak work at DC. I will give you f- four out of those, or <laughs> three out of those four. I'll give you all. Yeah. Uh, Paul, this is fantastic. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely, Paul. This was our, our series of the year, right? Or book of the year for Pallies? I believe so. Yeah. Very, yeah, very highly uh, highly rated. Uh, continues to be. Very good stuff. Full. Can't wait for the next arc. And to think, we almost, we wouldn't have read this. Well, you know, we almost didn't even read this. This is, I think we haven't read an issue of this since like the third one or something for the show. Good stuff. Let's talk about Thundercats. Hello. There you go. Declan Shalvey. Drew Moss on art. So weird now to see Declan Shalvey's name, you know, writer only. Uh, he's doing a Chiara lot of that, De- yeah. Go ahead. He's doing, he's doing a lot of that lately, too. Mm-hmm. He talked about it on the show when he did the show, how, you know, doing art was amazing and he loved it. But, you know, you can do more work when you get to write when you write get to work more so uh chiara de francia and martina pigandoli uh pignadoli on color colors and jeff eckleberry on letters i have no familiarity with thundercats at all i know lion i think they have a they have a kaiju right or a mech they have some kind of mech that they jump into at some point right i don't think so uh, there's no mech i think you're thinking of voltron Voltron. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Damn. So no mech. I was really looking forward to that. I gotta be honest. <laughs> I was like, oh, I know they have a mech. It's gonna be so cool. Uh all right, no mech. But um, you know, I don't know anything. Cool sword. 
right? Cool sword. That's I guess that's all I know. The gauntlet's cool too, but that's and, not useful. Uh, cheetah, Cheetara. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of her. This was a well, show that. <laughs> this was a show that uh, passed me by, mm. for whatever reason. Maybe it's before my time. I don't know, um, but it passed me by. And so I didn't know really what to expect. And I, I will say, um, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this. I, I, it wasn't perfect. You know, Transformers is the closest comparison because of the obvious comparisons, the obvious similarities, rather. And Transformers feels like it has more uh, weight to it. It's got more... Uh, it just feels bigger. Mm. But this was fun. This felt a lot more like what I would imagine the Saturday cart the Saturday morning cartoon was like. And I got no problem with that. I got no problem with that. It's fun. I think I think my thing with this was I was it was a a, a decent enough showcase of all the characters, but I didn't really feel like anything came out of this. I don't really feel like anything happened. Um, so I, well, I guess except the last thing. Um, but, and actually now that I think about that, I completely forgot about that. So I don't know, someone else should probably talk. I just negated my entire thing. Do you have a familiarity, Kale, with the Thundercats? For, uh, a little more than a passing familiarity, I would say. Okay. I watched some, but the Thundercats never totally held my interest um, as a whole. I like the idea of the Thundercats. Is this the idea of the Thundercats? Like, is this issue a representation of like what it's about in the in the show? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean. The idea of the Thundercats is pretty much the same as G.I. Joe or Transformers. <laughs> you got the good guys and they fight the bad guys. Like it's sell toys. Yeah, yeah to sell toys. Um, okay. I, for me though, like this, I guess, I guess for me, like the difference between this and Transformers was that this didn't feel like it. I didn't get a reason for its, you know, existence. Whereas with Transformers, like Daniel R. Johnson really imbued it with a heart. Right. Whereas this just kind of felt like Shelby doing the Thundercats. Yeah. And that's not, that's certainly not to say that he doesn't love the Thundercats or he's not trying to copy or he's not trying to do his own thing. Um, but it's not like this issue didn't sell me on whatever that could be that's that's kind of where i i stand too like i have a i i watched thundercats growing up um, i could name you the whole cast and like the main antagonist i think um could i tell you any storylines no um i think i have a, a piece of art of mumra around here somewhere yeah mumra is awesome mumra is one of the yeah. coolest like saturday morning cartoon villains ever um but yeah Side yeah trailer, obviously and I think, and I think this did a good job of recreating that feeling. But what I want from it is a little bit more. Now that uh, maybe Daniel Warren Johnson spoiled me because I'm kind of in, in Kale's camp here, where like that was Transformers, 
but here's the stakes. Here are your emotions. Here's who you should connect to. I didn't get that. I didn't really find anyone to be totally likable in this. And again, maybe that's the way it was. I think Panthro's cool, but he's not even on the cover. And there's no Snarf in this. Where the hell is Snarf? Yeah. I like I like Lionel. I mean, I, I feel like, um, you know, we're getting a story about, and I and I, I'm assuming this is from the cartoon, and if it is, it, it makes perfect sense. He's a child, a grown a uh, a child mm. whose body is aged up, so he has to sort of figure out how to be the leader of this group, having only ever existed within the group as a cub, yeah. um, and so he's not ready for the role, and he thinks he is, and he's gassed up, and he's, you know, secretly scared, but he's getting exposed. And, um, you know, I think that's a cute, interesting enough story. I don't know if I am the target audience, right? I don't have nostalgia for this. And I think Thunder, um, I'm sorry, uh, Transformers worked whether you know about it or not. Like I said, I had fun with this, but I don't know that this is supposed to hit me. Maybe this is supposed to be for people who are more familiar with the television show. But I will say that between Lionel and and the developments with him, which I didn't know anything about, and the twist at the end, I'll, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get a second issue. I do like how Uncade says that there are no storylines in the original incarnation. Literally, nothing happens. But he still loves nice. it. <laughs> Uh, I did not know Lino was a cub in a man's body. Kind of yeah, like a weird yeah. Shazam situation going on. That, that's a new thing for me, too. Um, and Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and I, and I felt like he was very Luke Skywalker in this from the, the Panthro uh, uh, sword training thing, and he's kind of whiny throughout all of it. This whiny young guy was forced to be a leader. Um, I saw that in this as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, it, it, it harkens back to all those kind of characters. Everything here will feel familiar, but I, like I, I can't stop saying it. I had fun. I, I don't know. I just, I just liked it for whatever reason. Um, the coloring, I, I kind of, and the lettering, maybe I kind of didn't love. Um, the, the, the narration boxes are. Hmm. They they look uh I didn't like I didn't like them. I don't know. They felt cheap to me. That's the best word I can use. And it's mm. the only word I can think of. And I know that, that does that's not a that doesn't that word doesn't mean anything in this context. Um but I, I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't as pleased with the colors and letters as I was with everything else. Those those elements kind of took me out of the book. Um but I, I will I will pull this though. I will I will continue with this. Um uh, I think the and, and this is my prejudice showing. Um I think the Drew Moss art was very good. Uh and even like for a dynamite book, and I know maybe that's changed. I know you're reading Red Sonia, right, Sean? So I don't know what the art is in that. But I was like, oh, this is really good dynamite art. What man? I, I feel like dynamite gets good artists. I, again, I have prejudice from years ago, I think, where I was reading Dynamite books where there was pages, like there was missing panels and, and things and missing word balloons. So mm. um, I don't read a, a lot of Dynamite books. So I will say I have preconceived notions about things. Yeah, I thought that was, so the Drew Moss art was great. Um, it wasn't yeah. super referency to the 
to the original series. Like it didn't look like a a, a a Saturday morning cartoon show and the way it was drawn. It didn't look like I was looking at like a cell sheets or whatever. Yeah. Um but I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Drew Moss, I can't recall what I've seen him I on, if anything. Heard that name before though. Um, but yeah, I thought the I thought the art was real good. Oh, it's a pass for me. It's fair. Uh, which I'm kind of bummed about. I'll I'll st- uh, I'll keep my eye on it. That's it's. Reasonable. I don't think it's a bad book. I think this is fine. I think it's a pretty good book, if anything. But it's just not my bag. Like I'm a cat guy, but not a Thundercat guy. Fair enough. Are you a the one hand guy? Yes. I'm single, buddy. Of course I am. Yo. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Uh, so Rom V, the writer here, another Rom V book. Lawrence Campbell on art with colors by Lee Lowridge and uh, letters by Aditya Bidikar. This is a, uh, like I said, a hotly anticipated book that um, has a companion series called the Six Fingers, I think, um, that it's written by Dan Waters, and that'll be coming out a little bit later on. And this is a noir detective murder mystery type story that takes place in the future. Uh, the year is 2873, um, and yet it looks like New York 1983, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, we follow this this detective who is you know about to retire we've seen this sort of set up many times a detective who is on his on his last you know his last year his last day and then that last that one case that he couldn't forget about or that evaded him or whatever comes up again and he's up oh, shit here we go again uh and so that's pretty much what this issue is it gives us that exact setup um so it feels very familiar although I think everything that Ram V and co do here is great. Despite the familiarity. This was my pick of the week. I really enjoyed this. This is like my, like where where Thundercats is not my thing. This is my thing when it comes to comics. I love a good, a good like detective story. This has real shades of seven in it, which is one of my favorite movies. Um, With like, it's like seven meets a little bit of Blade Runner because there's this weird tech going on in this world too. Uh, And it's the future. Um, I really like this this main character that Rom came up with. Um, the detective. I'm bad at names. Uh, do you guys know his name? De- detective. Nope. Detective. Uh, nope. Nasser. Nasser. Uh, yes. Nasser. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, I I like how he's he's not very likable, but he's compelling. Yeah, and 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 that's what I like about it. I mean, it's a classic. It's 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 a cliche at this point. You know, the, the guy's about to retire, but he has one more case. Um, and the way this book is being told with its companion book, like we got a couple of preview pages for the Six Fingers at the end of this. Um, that the narrative device of that is compelling to me. So I think I'm I think I'm in on on both of these books. I haven't even read issue one of the Six Fingers yet. I just like the world this is building. I was going to ask, you know, for the for the listener, we uh, we're lucky enough to get image comps. Have you guys seen that we have a a, a comp oh, for issue one of I, the Six Fingers already? 
Oh, I did I not. not. Okay. I had to uh, really stop myself from looking at it. You should have read it. Why not? Thought about it. I'm going to read it. Shit. <laughs> um, look. For me, when it comes to series like this, the first issue is rarely going to work for me. Mm. This is good. I'm not here to complain about the book but it's everything i said at the top is exactly what happens and basically nothing more we learned that there's some kind of potentially supernatural or due to this being in the future it could be technological way that this you know this uh, murderer keeps returning or people keep taking up his mantle or something of that nature there's a mystery we don't know exactly where that's going to go But all of that is compelling for later. This issue only sets things up. And nothing about what was set up was so interesting. And nothing about what is said here was so compelling that this would be my pick of the week. Um, It felt paint by numbers, but I'm confident that it won't feel like that in the future. I I found some compelling parts of this, like the idea that there's not a copycat killer, but something else. Um, I feel like the details within the tropes are what make it really compelling. I also uh, had but, sex robots, so just saying. But like the future of the of the of the mystery is compelling in the sense that in the future, hopefully, it will go somewhere meaningful. But I don't think that anything here was so you know. I'd love, like, I'd love to know, you know, um, what it was specifically that got you guys. I mean, the the Lawrence Campbell art off the bat, like, I, there's this this yeah. kind of aura about this place. This place, it doesn't feel dirty, but it just feels gloomy. Um, we're like, if we're, I'm trying to think of another book that that kind of had this feel. I can't. Off the top of my head, I mean, but any Brubaker noir, sure, yeah, feels, this feels like this anyway. You yeah, know? yeah, but uh, yeah, and and I and I like how the the main character is. He's not a traditionally handsome detective either. He's kind of creepy looking. He kind of looks like Iggy Pop, um, and huh. I, I think that's like he has. There's no real supporting cast either. This seems like a real singular mission for this guy sure there are co- there's gonna be other cops involved probably but he has no love he has he has no uh, uh, uh lover or there's no femme fatale yet um i don't know and, and i mean it doesn't it doesn't take a lot for me to like a noir book so uh, it's just this is just my jam i was i was frustrated by the lack of like technology mm. in this book um for most of it when we get to the sex robot thing, I was like, okay, cool. There's something representing, you know, future tech, but everything feels so, you know, not 2873 that kind of threw me off. I sort of wish this wasn't set in the future, but I assume there's going to be something that will justify when this is set. Yeah, in terms of future tech, sex robots, the first thing we're making, let's be real. Right, and we sort of have those. I don't feel like we're gonna have to wait till twenty eight hundred to have that. I'm saving up, but yeah. I mean, 
we're also in 2024 and we're supposed to have flying cars and time machines and hoverboards. Look, man, I knew a I knew a guy who had multiple sex dolls. So if he could have that by 2800, I'm pretty sure we can have robots. Multiple. Multiple. One for each day of the week. You got it. <laughs> and on top of that, he would he would bring women home all the time. He still does it to this day. Well, love a dude that fucks. Some of them get freaked out. Some of them don't. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I this is pound around for that one. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> that's a guy. That is a guy. Um, yeah, that was my favorite scene because I assumed that Nasser was speaking with a uh, sex worker. You know, like a human yeah. person. Yeah. And then he wasn't. And I was like, okay, I like that. That's a good, that's a good twist. Yeah. And it says something about him because I'm sure human sex workers probably exist in this world, but he went somewhere where he would get a robot. Someone who could play at, you know, what what's that, Tyler? Well, I was gonna say a robot he feels for too, because he gets worried about the robot when they're like he's like, just don't put it in a closet where she's gonna get cold this whole time. So it's almost right. like he has more emotions for things that aren't real. Than anything it's a good it's a good character bit for him yeah but it also gives me the idea of like the whole marvel universe life model decoy thing it's like who else is a robot you know anyone can be in this world could he be and there's blade runner that's the replicant blade runner yeah Yeah. pull easy pull yeah pick of the week same pick of the week easy pull i'm hyped for this i might read six fingers as soon as this is done we're done with this actually i'm glad i didn't read it for the show because uh, I think it would skew my opinion, possibly. But yeah. yeah. Well, we did get a preview. We did, yeah. Which I I explicitly didn't read. Oh, yeah. I saw it. And I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for the issue. Eh, I don't feel that you missed. I don't feel that you missed anything critical. It's just like the first couple of pages. But am I to guess from like I did read this list? It's, it's so the one hand is the detective's POV, and the six fingers is the killer's POV. Yeah. That's cool. I don't think I've ever read that. Yeah, they're doing something really, really, uh, really fun here. I like it a lot. So I wanted to talk here right now about, and, and hopefully, Kale, you can indulge me and, uh, and, and Tyler, I'm sure, in this. I wanted to talk about the WWE, if you guys are cool with that for a little bit. We're not doing your stack? Ooh. We're going to do it. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll leave that. I don't, I don't have a slide for The Rock right now. You don't have to worry about slides. We're just okay. chatting. So, WWE, I'm going to WrestleMania, right? And nice. thank you. And I was over the moon excited about that. I really was. But, man, some stuff has gone down that has just soured all of my – it's sapped – my anticipation. Mm. Kale, to give you context. I, okay, go ahead. The Black Adam in the DCU. Remember what happened there? Yeah, yeah. It changed the hierarchy of the DCU. That attempt is being made in WWE now. So what I was going to say is, you know, there's been the Vince McMahon stuff, which has come out that is yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. disgusting. And, you know, I'm, I, you know, look, if you're 
If you're a fan of wrestling, that's great, but there are things that are bigger than that that go on. And so for me, all the allegations against Vince hurt my excitement for the product. It's just inevitable, right? Because it's scummy stuff. Mm-hmm. My favorite active wrestler is CM Punk. For the first time in over a decade, I'm going to watch CM Punk wrestle and I'm over the moon. I missed him in AEW. I got tickets to go see a show they did in Jersey, and he was injured, so he missed it. And now I'm going to WrestleMania, and the motherfucker's injured again. He got injured during the Royal Rumble. So I'm missing him again, right? And then the cream on top, the cherry on top of this shit sandwich is the fact that Cody Rhodes wins the Royal Rumble, which means he's going, theoretically in my mind, right, going to face Roman Reigns. This is the big match. WrestleMania 40 is what everybody wants to see. And here comes the fucking rock, Dwayne Johnson, to jump in the mix, gets on the TKO board, right? So now he's on the board of the company that owns the WWE. And like two weeks after that announcement is made, Somehow this man is fixtured into the main event of WrestleMania overtaking Cody Rhodes to face Roman Reigns. The Rock is 51 years old. 51. He's going to die in there. I mean, Ric Flair slotted. Um, He's retired. He... He looked so. The last time Rock was in the ring was like a like a month ago. He he took out Ginger Mahal, um, but he looked winded after running the ropes twice. Like the dude's ripped, but I don't think his cardio is there. But then those muscles are for show. Yeah, the Rock. Yeah. The Rock is uh, has a steroid body, without question. He's built for show, as Kale said. Ten years ago, The Rock wrestled John Cena at WrestleMania. I was there for that, too. And let me tell you, he didn't look great. He was 41 years old. Ten years later, it's not going to be any better. There's a history of this now with Dwayne Johnson. Of him always putting himself over. Whether that's Mm -hmm. wrestling. Whether that's the DC Universe. Or, you know, kind of plays he plays uh, behind the scenes to make sure that he looks best at the end. He ruined Shazam's villain to be able to become uh, a, an antihero. And he did it with Fast and the Furious. I think there was a clause in his contract that said he could not lose any fights in that movie, in that movie franchise. Vin Diesel does not like him and won't really, uh, at least at a point, wouldn't work with him. I think that's been amended since, but. Um, so there is a history of this happening with this one one guy. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a bummer, man. I'm not the biggest Cody Rhodes mark either. Um, I get it. And I think that's the right story to tell. But he, it's just somebody coming in out of left field and just, like, ru- ruining some trajectory. Potentially. there There's a, an, an actual press conference going on right now as we speak that will that might be shedding some more light on that. But we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 watching it. Well, I have it on in the background, and I'm excited to see what the result of this is. Listen, a lot is riding on on this for me. Okay, my 
I am emotionally invested in the road to WrestleMania, regardless of whether I'm going or not every year. But this mm. year I am going. So Jesus Christ, I need this to be good. Gavin says Hulk Hogan 2.0. I was going to point that out. Is Does that resonate? So uh, in wrestling, not so much because for the majority, the large, large, large majority of The Rock's career, he was known as a giver. So this is really surprising for him to do in wrestling. He's always seemed to really care about the business. He's helped where he could. I'm surprised. But in an overall sense, yeah, this is the same sort of stuff that Hulk Hogan would do um, behind the scenes. And, you know, it's really sad that The Rock has succumbed. But I think he's trying to build a larger legacy than the one he has. Hollywood isn't knocking his door down the same way it used to. You know, his 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 box office is not as big as it was. He's had some bombs. And so he's expanding out and it hasn't worked. So he's going right back home. Yeah. But with yeah. the same, the new attitude. What would it be like? Uh, and I, I imagine that he would never do this and it would be really dumb for him to do this. But what would it be like for him to like, have to climb his way back to the top. Like, is that something that would be possible with a name like him or, you know, in whatever like storyline they would develop or, um, you know, the, the thing is, is that the please. rock can jump into any storyline and I think it could still work. They can make the build work no matter what they can make the build work within two weeks notice. But mm. supplanting a, a what is it, potentially two year long storyline at this point, longer if you count if this is a culmination of Roman Reigns' entire championship reign as well, which would be three plus years, that is an issue. If he if the Rock just said, hey, I'm going to be facing I don't know somebody else for a match at Mania, fine, people have done that, not a big deal. Um, but I mean, it'd be nice if the Rock was on weekly television like all the other guys besides Roman Reigns. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's just the, it's, it's both the right storyline for him to be in because it deals with like the Samoan family and all that, but also the wrong one to be in because it supplants somebody else's arc as well. And, and to answer the question, Kale, you know, um, there is no way for him to work up the ranks. He doesn't have the time to come and work regular shows WWE shouldn't and won't pay him what it would cost him to do regular shows. Um, and so that's just not, that would never be the case. And I enjoy seeing The Rock come back here or there for certain things. This is just the wrong time for this. And I think that's why, I mean, and if you look at the internet, it's blown up over this issue. It's blown up over this issue. I'm sure tons of people listening to this don't even know about wrestling and probably heard about what's going on right now because of how this is everywhere. Uh, uh, always he, laugh and so, go ahead. Even I off, you know, who's off of the, the main, uh, word social medias. Um, I've heard bits and pieces of this. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a, it's a hot topic and I hope WWE does the right thing to make me happy. You know what else makes me happy other than wrestling? Comic books. 
comic books. And I want to present my comic book stack to you all this week. Um, this is a little a little segment we do where we go over my weekly books and we discuss, you know, we give an over-under where you guys think I, I landed as far as how many books I bought this week. What do you think? Well, we know you're one book short, so... Yeah, that's true. Ooh, yeah, so we're, that so we're four. Mm-hmm. Definitive four. Yeah. Four for the show. Yep. Interesting. I'm... Oh. I'm going to say nine. Eight. Hmm. Wow. Nine, eight. I know uh, Atomic Hound had a thread going on the uh, on the Discord, which you guys should definitely yeah. join. And uh, there were some some numbers there. He was at ten. Justin's at eleven. Justin's Do we know if there's real money that. being exchanged here at this point? <laughs> <laughs> is, Listen, is somebody getting an issue of uh, Ultimate Black Panther? Who wins this? <laughs> Anybody but me. I can't get. I can't manage to get an issue myself. Uh, Gavin says eleven. Rami says fourteen. Thank you to whoever was just harding right now on the uh the youtube live chat all right i'm gonna go over it now the four books we already we already reviewed beneath the trees where nobody sees number three i didn't get to this this week um but i'm very excited to this is one of the best books on the stands right now i think Mm. gone number two by jock i i love jock i have not read the first issue and i don't know when i'll get to this one and that's it's a equivalent. distillery. Yeah, yeah. I have yeah. A, a friend of mine from school uh, did a a variant on that. Uh, really? Rossi Rossi Gifford. Yeah. Oh wow. And that's Sean, cool. that's the equivalent of like two books, right? In terms of price. Yeah, these are ten bucks. These Ooh. are ten bucks. So really, that should count as two. <laughs> <laughs> um, another Kelly Thompson book, The Call. Had to pick this up. Oh, yeah, nice. Uh, the call number five, Captain America number six. Damn, Matt's still doing his thing. I'll catch up to it eventually. Have you read anything <laughs> besides the first issue? Nope. Fantastic Four number 17, <laughs> X Men 31, and oh, Kaya Gavin knows Ross. 15. That's, That's 11. It. So, That's 11. Yeah. So, Justin, Justin, and Gavin nailed it. Wow, nice. You guys are good. It's almost like you you listen to me every week or something. <laughs> uh, I didn't read any of those though, outside of the ones for for pals polls because because I have been so busy reading this tome here that I'm holding in my hands. Let's see, let's see a, a side view of it. You got it. This oh, is boy, the he's big. Yeah, this is the okay. Superman War World Saga compendium that I picked up in in uh, in advance of our interview with Philip Kennedy Johnson. I am halfway through, and I am obsessed. I love it. This is so good. You you a fan of the Authority now? No, <laughs> no I, I still just select members and Manchester Black. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, uh, how, how much that cost? Not for the stack purposes, just in general. Fifty bucks. No, that's not bad. It's a lot. It's a, it's 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 a lot of issues. I don't know the exact amount, but it's a lot. Yeah. 
big big boy big boy yeah i was thinking about getting that myself uh but i didn't i got we only find them when they're dead actually Ooh, did Ooh, you I read it show that off i've got yeah no please are you kidding me? <laughs> I, don't, I don't buy books to read them okay. are we showing off books me. that we bought recently i can go pull one out of mine if you've got something you want to share please boy oh good hardcover how much did that run you uh 37.99 that's a good one Damn. it's uh 50 in the u.s uh oh I why do we get have fucked? currency uh happened to have 40 dollars in uh gift cards so i got this and uh pluto nice nice dude so my, the the shop i go to all yeah comics in new york uh had a 50 uh, yeah, percent yeah, off yeah. sale so I snagged the Compendium 1 of Starman, which is a big boy as well. Ooh. Whoa, James Robinson thick. and uh, Tony Harris. Wade Von yeah. Grobager as well, one of my favorite names in comics. Uh, I've not read Starman. It's it's one I've always yeah, wanted to read, too. That's a, that's a, a hole in my, in my reading. I've got those on uh, formerly Comixology. Just sitting there waiting. Um, Justin says in stock trades has the war world saga almost half off. Well, shoot, where were you when I was Ooh, going to make yeah, this right? freaking purchase? <laughs> that I mean, not ordering off in stock trades that's a rookie mistake, but I well, I needed it, I needed it quick, yeah. You're um, not gonna get it so, there. you know, I don't, and, and I, I go ahead, but now I don't have money for it, so <laughs> ah, shit. maybe Valentine's Day you'll get hooked up. No, Another please. Gift card. There's oh, some, okay. there's some, there's some box here, that's for me. Oh, oh, I see it. Okay, I'll show it off. I don't know what it is, uh, uh, and I assume I'm probably not allowed until the time comes. Well, I just got the one hand for Valentine's Day, so I'm gonna really that master of his own domain. <laughs> there you go. Uh, James Jones on the pull count with eleven. Yeah, there you go, James. Thank you. You 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 cleared. You nailed it. Nailed him to the wall. Yeah. Yep. All right. We are going to call it a night. The next time we will be live with you is this Saturday at ten fifteen a.m. Eastern for our interview with Philip Kennedy Johnson. Come hang out with us as we talk about and give away action comics. Green Lantern, War Journal, Incredible Hulk will give away one of those volume ones to you uh, for showing up live and asking a question of Philip Kennedy Johnson. One lucky winner will get one of those one of those trades. Um, we will be will be live Saturday with that, and then again next week Thursday for Pals Pull, six p.m. Eastern. Come hang out with us as we review the biggest books of the week and one of them that you choose by voting in the listener pick poll, which is available on youtube.com slash the comics pals under the community tab. Thank you to all of our patrons. Thank you to all of our channel members. Thank you to everybody listening for the rest of the pals. I am Sean saying we love you. We thank you. We'll see you next time, guys. Take care. See you next week.